Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey there. Hey. This is episode 12 mm-hmm. of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. And for all the 12s out there listening, 12 is obviously one of our favorite numbers. Heck yeah. For me, it's one of my favorite numbers for many reasons that I won't get into, but it is the 12th episode. So I feel like this yeah. one is a great one to listen to. We have mm-hmm. so much content to unpack yes. in this episode. You all asked a lot of great mailbag questions. So that segment is actually going to be pack filled of a lot of quality content. And so much fun. So be sure to listen all the way till the end because I'm going to start talking about the Seahawks off season, the cap space that we have, positional needs. Oh. So if you want to know in the beginning. I like well, it. hey, if I got to hook you somewhere, it better be the beginning. That's a good point. All right, so we're going to dive right in. Kate, can you tell our listeners what our Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week is this week? Yeah, um our quote this week is from I mean, let's be honest, he is a Seattle Mariners legend. It is Edgar Martinez. And he says, learn to control your emotions or they will control you. And like, isn't that just the most true right it's, now? It That is the best words of advice, yes. words of wisdom yes. that I think that this world needs to hear on a regular basis. And, you know, something my mom taught me growing up and she was a PE teacher. She also was a coach um, at the junior high level. Mm. She's for a brave, years, brave woman. She's an incredible, brave, just amazingly wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. And something that she taught me is that you know, part of the power that we get to have in life is how we choose to respond to the circumstances that happen to us. The power that and the control that we have is in our response. Totally. So this quote here from Edgar talking about learn to control your emotions, or they will control you. Yes. Emotions for us as human beings are going to happen no matter what, right? We're going to have emotional responses to the circumstances that happen around us. How do we choose to respond to the emotional feelings that we have inside? And honing in and understanding ourselves better helps us be able to react and respond to those emotional feelings as we get older and hopefully healthier in more positive ways. But that also sometimes requires help and support from outside sources, whether it's a counselor, a therapist, a mental health conditioning coach, lots of athletes will tap into that now. Oh, for sure. And I have to say that the more we work on our mental health and our mental strength, Mm -hmm. that the better version of us, we don't like we are able to give to other people and to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, your social emotional health is like a really big deal. And emotions are complicated. It's hard to know like what you're feeling all the time and you know, how to, how to process that and how to manage that and everything. And one of my very most favorite people in the whole world, her favorite quote was, um, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it, Mm -hmm. which is so true. So, um, I, I love this quote from Edgar Martinez. I think that in the last few years where it's been, you know, tons of frustration and tons a lot of, of adjustment, big, and big feelings, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's important for us to manage those and be in control of those so that we're not completely falling apart and deteriorating or, you know, or, or what, or whatnot. So, um, so very wise. Thank you, Edgar Martinez. Uh, love this quote. And I hope all of you out there Anytime I find a good quote from an athlete that in any way attributes to like mental health or emotional well-being, I'm going to probably select that quote. So 
for your, you know, mental health, well-being. I'm an advocate. I care. Oh, for sure. I want you all to take care of yourselves when you need. That is our Pacific Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week. Coming up next is the Showdown Lowdown. All right. It's time for the Showdown Lowdown. Showdown Lowdown. I don't know. Are you listening? I mean, are they listening? They're awake now. They're they awake. Before. Kate, with your morning hit of caffeine, if it's the morning and you haven't had it yet. I don't know. Was it caffeine or is it something like a lot harder and angry? Like an alert, <laughs> aggressive shout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. It is the Showdown Lowdown, which is your Pacific Northwest sports news and updates, scores across the leagues. So I'm going to start out with the Seattle Mariners. Now, yes. The Major League Baseball lockout continues with no end in sight. Yeah. So last week we spoke with Nate Alexander about what exactly the lockout is and when fans could expect it to end. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with what a lockout is, in short, it's a type of work stoppage used by owners of a business during a labor dispute. So in this case, it means that teams cannot be in contact with players or sign free agents during this time. And Nate optimistically estimated that talks between ownership and the Players Association could start back up after the first of the new year and hopefully come to an agreement in mid-January. Now, he did state that Mm -hmm. if it goes into mid-February or late February, then it's a huge concern as, you know, spring training is supposed to start up and that sort of thing. All messed up. Exactly. So we'll continue to provide updates as this lockout shifts and changes in the coming months. But just wanted to let you guys know, this is still the current circumstance with the Mariners. Mm -hmm. It's going to kind of stay in this space more than likely leading up to the holiday season. So if you don't hear much from us on the Seattle Mariners, that is why. Makes sense. Well, (laughs) let's talk about a sports team that we all love so much. Bring them back. Bring them back. I mean, the Seattle Sonics, right? Like, they will always be the Supersonics. That is it. That is all. I will not refer to them as anybody else or anywhere else. They are here, and they are the Supersonics. But in the realm of rumors, because stuff has been going around a little bit, um, it sounded like NBA insiders are actually inclined to believe that Seattle will be considered for any NBA expansion. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what, rightfully so, because there was an article that was put out today on the Bleacher Report. Um, sorry, not today, Tuesday. And, um, but let me tell you, after reading the article, it it doesn't believe lead me to believe anything's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. But NBA Commissioner Adam Silver explained that an expansion is actually more complicated than one might realize there are not currently 30 competitive NBA teams in the league and the league is more focused on how to create competitiveness amongst those teams that are already a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's also an economic issue, of course, but I mean, the league is still looking at options to expand with an additional two teams. And I will say here in Seattle at climate pledge, um, they are ready the weekend, to bring the Sonics I mean, back. Yeah. They had battle in Seattle there this weekend, Gonzaga. It's what they call it when Gonzaga plays over here. Go Zags. Um, and, uh, anyway, they, that, the arena looked great set up for basketball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I know that they have the storm there too, which is going to start up. Um, the storm haven't played there yet, um, but they will In be May. playing there, you know, when their season starts. And so, I mean, they've got the facility for it and it's a beautiful, amazing well, and originally facility, so. that was part of the issue, I guess. Is it was, the, the, yeah, they didn't want to build the new arena. Build, exactly. And so it was like, well, key arena. I mean, it was fine, but it was getting, kind of run down and mm-hmm. old and stuff and not as big and all of that. So yeah. So 
I don't know. For it me, would be in the NBA's best interest if they financially, yeah, I mean, to put it back, place. bring the Sonics back to Seattle. Heck yeah. There is an incredible fan base so here huge. for Seattle sports. Yes. Do you, you would have packed It'd be huge. house. Yeah. For I, the Sonics, I can if you imagine, bring him back. I can imagine. I oh, mean, my gosh. And again, this is me, hashtag learning sports. But I can imagine that um, if they put tickets on sale for Sonics, it's going to be just like it was for the Kraken. Like, it's going to be insane. It, you will, know? it would be, and people will pay. Yeah, it's going to be people. So, people will and people he, will come, okay? And, this yeah, is we already built it, so now you can come back, okay? There you That's go. The thing. That's the thing. So, anyway. talking about climate pledge yeah. and the Kraken. Do it. So, the Kraken have experienced a roller coaster of finding success and defeat over the past few games. Yeah. So, on Friday, December 3rd, the Kraken came away with a win over the Edmonton Oilers. I always want to say Houston Oilers. Well, yeah, because, you know, I know. That's what we're more familiar it with. It is. So, they won that game 4 to 3. Now, it was a nail biter at the end of the game. As the Oilers had six against four in a power play. Yeah. And so when a team is down by a score or two, typically by the end of the game in the third period, they At will pull point, out yeah. their goalie. Typically, you know, there's a couple minutes left, maybe. We'll give it a try. And when they pull their goalie, it allows them to put an additional player on the ice to try and gain an advantage over the opposing team mm -hmm. who still has their goalie in. So you, you can only have so many players on the ice at once. True. And when a power play happens, typically, obviously, it's due to a penalty. So the team who has a penalty has to pull that player off the ice for a specific amount of time. So that really changes the power yeah, dynamic on the they ice. Don't, they don't sub out that player. No. It's just like, it's like you're just down, you're down a, a player. Yeah. So think about, you know, basically, I want you to think about four Kraken players on the ice to six yeah. in the last few minutes of this game. And... Of course, we had our goaltender in, but we were able to come out with the win. That's crazy. Some excellent goaltending in that game to yep. make sure that, you know, the Oilers didn't score in the last few minutes on that power play. Yeah. Now, in Monday night's game against the Penguins. Different story. The Kraken lost 6-1, to one, and Ugh. the Penguins scored three goals in the first five minutes it of the game. It hurt so bad to watch. They did pull Gru, I so know. Grubauer was goaltending at the beginning of that game, yeah. and Decord went in. Yeah. Joey Decord. So the Penguins dominated that game with the Kraken, and the Kraken struggled Oof. to keep it out of their zone. Yeah. Eberle was the only one with a goal in that game for the Kraken, so here's what I'm going to say. On to the next. I mean, really, you know, hockey has so many games per season and it's, it's one of those things where, yes, it would have been awesome to beat the Penguins, especially because we have some great players that came from the Penguins. Like they show, yeah. they were showing how, like, I think even the owner of the Kraken had played for the Penguins initially, or I mean, at some point in his career, maybe not initially again, hashtag learning sports. So Brandon Tanev. Yeah. Played. Brandon Tanev. And then, um, McCann. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and, um, and that's just, but you know, we'll, we'll get them another time. So that's fine. Um, the OL rain mm -hmm. is, you know, off their, their season's finished for now, but, um, something just came out on Tuesday and one of their players, um, who goes by Quinn and on, on Instagram, it's just Quinn and, um, the, at the Quinny five. And anyway, Quinn was named as one of the WICC best 11 
for 2021. So the WICC is the Women's International Champions Cup. And they had posted a tweet on Tuesday. And this is what they said. They said, Olympic gold medalist, star player for the OL reign, but most importantly, a trailblazer for the trans and non-binary community. Quinn is a leader and a key figure in elevating the game for all. So wow. if you want to check out, there's a video um, that's pretty great. It's about six minutes long. If you want to check it out, you can head over to um, at ICC women on Instagram and it was tweeted out on Tuesday. So check it out. Great video. Congrats to Quinn. Way to go. OL rain for having amazing players as always. Congrats Quinn. Yeah. I love pretty, that. That's pretty so cool. cool. Right. Pretty love cool. It. And also, you know what else was cool, Michaela? The Seahawks. Do you know what else won was cool? their game? OMG, the Seahawks won their game. Can you believe it? I mean, they have swept one of our division rivals, maybe even like our top. Would you say it's our top rival? Like I in would terms say, of like, in terms of like yes. rivalry. I would part, say that the right? 49ers the is 49ers, our top division and rival. They won 30 to 23. Oh my gosh. So we're now four and eight, and it's, you know, we have a. We have a low chance, but we have a chance. Uh, but you're um, telling me there's a but chance. But you're telling me there's a chance. So we have a chance of securing a playoff spot at this point. So, you know, never say never. And Pete Carroll said in his locker, in the locker room after the game, he's like, we're not dead yet. And so, you know, we, Michaela and I, I know are looking forward to, to the, the Hawkeye, Hawkeye analysis. analysis. I'm sure she's looking forward to it more than I am because she's going to have a lot more This cool is seriously one of the craziest oh games. I, it was so weird. My mind was blown. Yes. Within the first few minutes of the game, yes. I was like, where's my popcorn? This is going to be a roller coaster of a ride. Oh, my gosh. I'm just on it. I'm just enjoying whatever crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that entire game, it was... She it was, was not boring. She this, was she was standing up. She was sitting down. She was standing up. She was sitting down. She was walking around a little bit. She was sitting down. She was standing up again. It was it was all it was of a the, lot of it was all up of the and moves, down. All the Michaela moves. I just you know sat there watched her. I find watching her is almost as much fun as watching the game when she's watching a game like this. So, I'm pretty entertaining, indeed. So we're gonna we're gonna break this down a little bit more in the in the Hawkeye analysis. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that coming up. But Michaela, you want to talk about our Pacific Northwest Player of the Week I this week? I do, and. I really like this player yep. I have since we acquired 100. him on the Seahawks yep. midseason last season. And that player is Carlos Dunlap. Mm -hmm. Carlos Dunlap on the is a defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. And he came through for pivotal moments in Sunday's game against the 49ers. Yeah. Although he was only on the field seven for seven snaps. So that was pretty impressive. Dunlap made a sack for a safety near the yeah. beginning of the third quarter to Which, tie up the game. That was an important, 23 to that 23. Was a really important sack. And then Dunlap came through on a four on fourth down as the Niners were threatening the like a to tie the game at the very end mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. like just like a minute left or so. Yeah. Um and they were threatening to get a touchdown. Yeah. Now if Dunlap didn't put his hand up and bat the pass oh, and yeah, interrupt the pass, sure, for sure, there was a 49er right who, there who would have, if he has good hands, caught the pass and gotten a touchdown. He was he was I mean, open there, right on the end zone line. I will say for me, it took the replay for me to figure out what even happened because I just like I saw a throw and then I saw it not go anywhere and I was like, what even? They had to like Carlos Dunlap <laughs> saved the game. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit later about who owes Dunlap and and Sidney Jones mm -hmm. some dinner, mm -hmm. but 
Carlos Dunlap for me, seven snaps and to have that much of an impact on a game. Absolutely. He easily gets this honor this week. Yeah. And he really showed up. Another sure. shout out that we both wanted to do. Absolutely. Great news today for Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. um, is that he is the nominee for the Seahawks for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah. And that's an honor that it's huge. It's a huge honor. And Russell Wilson, he's won that. He, he, he actually he was won. A winner. He was he a was, winner. He was so the, he, yeah. He has the special uh, patch on his jerseys. Because he was the Walter was, Payton Man of the Year for yeah. the entire NFL last year. Yes. So this year is Tyler Lockett's the nominee. He's up I there. I love Tyler He's Lockett. in the running. He's in the running. He's a great. I just, I, I love watching him play. I love all the stuff I see about him too. Like, he seems like he's genuinely like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm a fan. I'm a total fan. So, all right. Well. That is the showdown lowdown. Coming up next is a Hawkeye analysis. I'm so excited. All right. It is time for the Hawkeye analysis. Oh, yeah. And this is the breakdown of the Seahawks game where we had a beautiful win over the San Francisco 49ers. And Brady Larson 89, this segment is dedicated to you because your question for the mailbag this week (laughs) was, what did I think of the game? This is a whole entire breakdown yes. where you're going to get to hear it all. So just wanted to give you a special shout out here, Brady Larson. Uh, I wanted to make sure that you knew I was answering your mailbag question. Yes. It's most, just in a different section. Most likely the longest answer, but we, yes. we'll find out when we get there, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. All right. We're going to start with the offense this week. Now, some mm-hmm. of you might wonder why I don't highlight a specific amazing play that happened at the very beginning of the game, but you have to wait till the end of this segment where I highlight our special teams players. Yes. Because they are indeed very special and they deserve to have the ending credits here yes. in this segment yes. so to start us off mm-hmm. kate it looked like russell wilson returned to his elite i mean qb form this week it was better than it's been for sure his accuracy was a lot better yeah he looked like he was more himself like he, he looked comfortable he didn't look yeah frantic for or like out of it i feel like he i feel like disconnected there we go i feel like the last few games he looked that that he had come back he looked a little disconnected and i'm not sure i felt like he was very present in this game yeah he seemed more like he was focused you know beginning of the season rest kind of stuff so he had two touchdown passes he did have an interception that was not his fault we'll talk about that in a little bit Mm -hmm. he was 30 for 37 with 231 yards pretty good i am inspired by what i saw offensively though it was still a hot mess hopeful i'm hopeful right there is still some hot messness that happened that needs to be cleaned up but this offense looked substantially better than the offense that we've seen the last three games way better than the one in the washington game that's for sure yes so to carry on in the offense, Rashad Penny yeah. showed his potential in this game yeah. that what he can do when he is healthy. Yes. The question is, can, can he, he remain healthy? healthy? Yeah. He did completely sacrifice his body to oh save my. Russell Wilson's life. Yes. Like that was, that could have been Let's a whole be honest. other thing. Like Penny got lit up throwing a block, throwing his entire body. Yes to save russell wilson's life i mean and russell wilson converted on that play yeah he threw it to d eskridge yes 
for a first down on a third. It I was third you. down. Did you not hear like the theme from the bodyguard when that happened? I did not just like and I, <laughs> I mean I can't I'm no Whitney, but so like, guess what? You know now what I mean? somebody needs to go find that video clip of Rashad Penny. <laughs> Throwing so his body for a block together. and edit together. If you yes. do that, please share us please and tag, tag the Pacific us. Northwest oh Showdown podcast at Pacific Northwest Showdown. Yes. Whoever has that capability, go do that. Oh my gosh, please help us out because that is like, that is. It would be epic. Is that's what, that's what that, I, that tweet would go viral. That's the thing, right? Is like, that's what I heard in my head. It oh was man, great. you're, you're wonderful. I love you too. So speaking of D Eskridge. <laughs> He had his first touchdown reception yes. in this game. Yes. So he is a rookie. We selected so, him in the second round. Yeah, so good to have him He in. had a really difficult start to the season because he, he went through did. the concussion and it yes. took him weeks. It was a long time. Longer than expected, I think. Which was really concerning for, yes. uh, for us as fans. I'm yes. sure for the team. I'm sure even more so for D. Mm -hmm. But he is healthy. He is back. And he looked good. He had some clutch... Yeah. catches he got that touchdown super it's always glad. exciting to see a rookie get his very first right. nfl career I mean, touchdown you know me i'm all like i'm like the mom about it or i'm like yay he you did it, it. Yeah. you know and like that's that's so cool i was so excited for him everybody in the stadium seemed like they were really excited yeah, too a lot of people are really excited yeah. for him so tyler lockett had oh that gosh. touchdown grab yeah. Okay. Here's what Tyler Lockett has to be known for. Yes. Throughout his career is the over the shoulder catches that you don't think. Like how does most... he do that? And how does his? It's arm like his not signature so messed up. It's his signature catch. The Russell Wilson lob pass. Yeah. It's coming over the shoulder of yeah. Tyler Lockett. He's he tracks the ball so well. Yes. And he he always comes down with those catches. It's impressive. So Tyler Lockett, just it's so wonderful to see Wilson and him have that connection again in this yeah. game. Yep. So they, they did seem more like connected this time. They did seem more like their previous and relationship. To be honest, I think that was it's it was on Wilson, right? It was on yeah. Wilson to get his yeah. I think Lockett found himself open a lot in the past few games, but mm -hmm. Wilson's aim was connect. off. It just didn't connect. And so I don't think that's on Lockett. I think Lockett's often where you need him to be to make these wonderful but you, catches. But you can see how amazing he is at it when the ball does go where you know, it needs close to be. To him. Yes. You know? So that helps a lot. Yeah. And so another thing I want to bring up, it was interesting because I'm sure a lot of us noticed this and they were talking about it during the game as well as the Seahawks kind of had a mismanagement of their timeouts. Yeah. It was weird because there were miscommunications. They call a timeout, you know, the clock's running low. They call a timeout so they don't get to a delay of game delay on game. a third yeah. down. Yeah. And then they come out of that timeout and then they get a delay of game anyways. It was so confusing. It was weird. And so then they get pushed back five yards for the yeah. delay of game. It's third and long. Yeah. Like you don't think that they're going to convert no. this no. by any means. But then here's Russell Wilson, and he does a beautiful long pass to DK Metcalf. Yes, yes. And it was placed exactly where he needed to put it. Yep. And I think DK went down at the one-yard line. Like, Yeah, it was so, oh, oh, it was so, so close. close. My fantasy points were like, no, but like, I get it. I mean, I think, though, I mean, if we're talking about DK for a second, sure. I think that, you know, I was glad to see him get a little bit of love in this game. Mm -hmm. I still would like to see him get a little bit more. 
he did have, he, he caught five out of eight targets. He had 60 yards, but I think that, you know, he is capable of so much more. And, um, I think there was a trick play in there at one point that involved him and stuff like that. But I, I just, I, I'm glad they're using him a little more. And I just, I want to see that continue. I want to see them continue to use him because the man is talented. He is. And they should utilize him and Tyler Lockett as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about getting Russell back to where he's making these yes. elite throws. Yes. His tar he's, he's a great quarterback. He is. Uh, and it, it, it's good to see him back the way we saw him this week. Now let's see it be consistent. I, yeah, that's the thing. I, so I, let's see I it be consistent. I want it to stick around. Adrian Peterson. Oh now gosh, there was a lot that? of talk, of course, heading into this game. He's 36 years yeah. old. He is going to be a Hall of Hall of Fame running back. There's no doubt about that. Sure. But people are, people are like, he's old, he's a running back, and he's washed. Okay. Wow. Now, Adrian Peterson, I don't care who you are. I said this before the game started. I was like, to be honest, though, like I'm going to see if I'm going to see Adrian Peterson out there in a Seahawks uniform. If I see him on the field, I'm gonna my eyes are gonna be glued to the screen. I want to see what he does. Yeah, exactly. And he did get a touchdown. He did for the Seahawks this week. It was a you know I think it was like a one yard touchdown, but he had to run to the outside. It wasn't a straight oh, yeah, up the it middle. Wasn't a straight up the middle. No, he he, he got around. the edge right. Yeah. And a huge shout out to Nick Ballore for that because Nick Ballore threw a block and I'll talk about that again in special teams. But in this mm -hmm. case, it was on offense. Yeah. He did get a block that really helped Adrian Peterson be able to get around the edge and score that touchdown. Mm -hmm. Now that mm -hmm. touchdown that Adrian Peterson got was not only his first yeah. touchdown as a Seahawk. Yes. It actually tied him with Jim Brown in 10th place for all time in total career touchdowns at 126. That is so crazy. But also so exciting that it happened. Like he got into that top 10, like when he was in a Seahawks uniform. I know. And he needs to say, break it. But we, can we Let's just go? Say, I don't know if this is in here anyway for, anywhere for us to talk about, but can we just talk about how the uniforms? I did were, not put that. Were great. I think I had tweeted about how, yeah. like, you liked you the know, combo. I liked the navy top with the gray pants. I, I like that it's easier to see them in the end zone. I think for me, the issue is like, um, I'm I'm sort of a person who's like very detail oriented in terms of like visuals and like all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And so when players when they're you know wearing similar color tops or different things like that, I don't know. I I like seeing the top the jersey color be really different from the other team, which it usually is a lot right. more different, right? But something about it being with those like light pants with those gray pants. I don't know. And then the, the blue end zones, like when they ran in there, you could really see their legs <laughs> in the end zone, which I know sounds kind of ridiculous, but for me, I'm trying to still figure out where I'm supposed to look sometimes on TV when I'm watching these games, right? Like I'm mm -hmm. trying to still be able to track like who has the ball and where is it? Because look, people who have watched and it, it does yeah, get easier, but yeah. people who have watched games, there are times where the play action fakes you out and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. The announcers, myself, people have watched like where your eyes are tracking in the wrong space and you're like, oh dang, that was yeah. amazing, right? Yeah. The fake was amazing. There was something about that outfit combo that I feel like it helped me track better in this game. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they should keep it if just selfishly for me and my own, you know, desires. Actually, you're not the only one who said that a lot of people seem it. to like it. I think there was Twitter. a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So the line needs help. Yeah. But we've sure. known that for years at I this mean, point. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So there were backups in for backups this week in at left guard. Okay, yeah. 
Curran, which is undrafted rookie free agent that we had picked up, really, yes. really struggled. It, yeah. And then Stone Forsyth. Forsyth. I'm not sure which way it is. Either way, I'll learn how to say it properly. He showed promise in at right tackle for Brandon Shell, who had to come out due to yeah. some a shoulder issue. Yeah. And although he's not perfect, we need, really need to figure out this line situation. Yeah. It's nice to be able to evaluate these younger offensive line pieces that we have. Mm -hmm. Because come next offseason, we're going to have to really know what we're working with. Yeah. And I'll talk about this later in the mailbag segment, but we have multiple offensive linemen mm -hmm. that are free agents. Oh, that's, in 2022. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good so point. So we need to know what we're working with with the youth that we have, who we really need to be investing in, who we want to keep around, keep around. I will say, I, I hope develop. That, I hope that Al Woods and his beautiful eyes. I know that he's not a rookie, but he had a, he had some good stuff happening in this game. He is a free agent and um coming up in oh. 2022, and we'll talk about him in the defense. Okay. So I like that you brought him up because um, he is going to be yeah. a free agent next season. And he's, sure. a, I hate bringing up age, but age is a thing in, in the sport. Mm -hmm. And so he's in his thirties. Yeah. So the question of, you know, I don't think that he will sign longer than one year contracts at this point at his position. I mean, it may sense. be a two year, but I think he's on, he's going to be on one year contracts if he continues to play. Sure. But yes, he is still, Looking mm -hmm. excellent, and we're I'm grateful. Yeah, that we've starting had to him. mix the offense and the defense. I'm just thinking like line wise, and sometimes in my brain it gets a little mixed up. But um, yeah, I just I like him, his great eyes, his fun personality, <laughs> and his wonderful Woods, play. If you're listening, I think you're amazing. Kate likes you a lot. So do <laughs> I. So before we get to the defense, dare we mention the very difficult game that Everett had? Now, Gerald we have Everett. been praising his skill set the last few games. So yeah. everybody has an off day. We Yeah, we have all the This was just happened to be a very, very off day for Everett. He had two fumbles and an interception. Yeah. And two of those came in the end zone or at the one-yard line to score for us. I, I will tell you, I felt, and you probably remember me talking about this towards the end of the game, but I felt so bad for him. Like... They, the camera like focused in on him at one point and everything while he's on the sidelines and he has his helmet off and stuff. And you can tell, like you could tell in his brain, he was kind of like beating himself up, right? Like he was like, you know, criticizing himself or whatever. You could just see on his face. And, you know, when you make those, when, when mistakes happen, it's so easy. I mean, maybe professional athletes, this is why they're pro athletes is because they're like better at this than I would be, but it's so easy to get down on yourself and you kind of get in that, what do they call it? Like the yips or something where you like, aren't able to keep performing at your best. You're like, you make more mistakes or something like that. Yeah. That's a good question for Chris Phillips. So the yips, the yips. I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think we're supposed to talk about the yips, but, um, so sorry if I'm messing all oh of that up. Oh my goodness. If I'm cursing anybody, I'm real sorry. I will throw some salt over my shoulder and I will knock on wood and other stuff, but. Um, I just, I, I just felt really bad for him because you could tell, like it was, mm -hmm. it was hard on him. Yeah, 
So we're going to let that go. We're going to see how next week goes. Yeah. And hopefully it will be a better week for Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. Let's flip over to the defensive side of All things. Right, let's do it. Other side of the field. All right. So first I want to mention that the Seahawks defense held the Niners to zero points in the second half of this that game. That was so great. Yeah. And so the Seahawks defense gave the offense many opportunities for this to be a blowout game with the turnovers in the field position yes. that the defense gave our offense. Yes. Now it was not a blowout game. It was still a pretty However, it was a very entertaining game. Yes. Bobby Wagner had his first interception of the season. That was so fun. Quandre Diggs had his fourth. Yep. His career high is five. So he could easily yeah. match that. Yeah. Maybe dare I say break that, that record. Would, that would be great. Carlos Dunlap, as mentioned in the showdown lowdown segment, had a sack for safety in the third quarter and a batted down pass in the end of the game late in the fourth quarter. He saved that game so we didn't have to go into overtime or potentially. I did hear that Shanahan was potentially going to go for two points if they had scored a touchdown to try to win the game. Of course. It's the rival. Yeah. Right. You'd have to. And I mean, because we got Carlos Dunlap last year, Mm -hmm. right? And he was a little bit more of like a quiet, sort of this year he's a good leader yeah and so for him to get that you know sack and then that now he's really like that was it was so great to see and he wasn't really quiet in terms of on the field last season but he's a little been quiet this season yeah that's what i meant was this season thank you yeah and then sydney jones had a few plays at the end of the game to keep the niners out of the end zone one was a very questionable like in terms of whether or not it should have been a pi call so pass interference Either way, he was battling. He did not. Yes. He was not willing to <laughs> have a touchdown scored on him. He would have had a touchdown scored yeah. on him if Dunlap did not bat away that last pass, yes. though, because he um, he got a route put on him that mm-hmm. left a 49ers mm-hmm. player wide open for Jimmy G to throw right to. But yeah, again, Dunlap yeah. came through. Yes. Maybe Sidney Jones needs to get him some dinner as well. But either way, Everett owes Dunlap and Jones dinner. Yeah. That's my opinion. We can't force that. We're just suggesting it. It's a very strong and strongly encouraged suggestion. It would just be a nice thing to do is what we're saying. It would be. If you need suggestions, we know a couple places. And Adams went out (laughs) mid-game with a shoulder injury to the same shoulder he had surgery on in the offseason. Yeah. Then Ryan Neal came in for him and did a great job as always. He did. So I'm going to ask a somewhat controversial question here. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And this is my slash kind of hot take question. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. How imperative is having Adams on this defense for what we paid for him? You sound now, like your brother. I know. Which, so here's what uh, I need to admit to everybody listening. I am. I have been defending this Adams trade Adams. for a long, long time mm-hmm. since we acquired him. Mm-hmm. Look, I've said the Seahawks have been historically not that great at picking in their first round. Yeah. The players haven't really panned out. Yep. So giving away two first rounds, a third round, Bradley McDougald for him. You know what? Two first rounders, we probably would have picked busts anyways, is what I was saying. Sure. So why not get somebody who is established, we know is a solid player. Let's go ahead and just give two first rounders for him. Now I'm on the flip side where I'm sitting here seeing uh, Seahawks defense in the whole second half give up zero points. Adams isn't on the field. 
And Ryan Neal, he came in for him last year. He was, I believe he was an undrafted free agent. He's two years in. He's looking. He has that chip on his shoulder. He has that Seahawks-esque undrafted free agent chip that you can feel. I just love him. And so here's what I have to say is what we paid for Adams. So that's two first round draft picks, 21 and 2021, 2022 plus a 2021 third round and Bradley McDougald, who was a safety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we just gave him a four year extension at $70 million with $38 million guaranteed. Yeah. Yikes. With what we just saw in this last game with Adams out, during half that game. Yeah. Ryan Neal in. Yeah. And what Ryan Neal cost. Yeah, which is a lot compared less. to Jamal Adams. Now I do think that Ryan Neal is He's underrated. Completely underrated. Underrated. And look, Ryan Neal will be and he'll have he'll be an exclusive rights free agent next season. So okay. what that means is that any player with fewer than three accrued seasons and is on an expired contract. Um, if his original team offers him a one-year contract in the league minimum based on his credited seasons, the player cannot negotiate with other teams. Okay. So okay. with that being the circumstance and knowing, I mean, it's hard, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Always. At this point. Yep. But And we didn't necessarily know how great Ryan Neal could be in this position until after Adams got injured last season and he came in and filled in for him. And then did a great job. Yes. But I will say for the record, last year when Ryan Neal came in and started playing, the first time I saw him play, I was like, this guy. I was like, he is going to do some things. You remember? I, I do. I remember. You've liked him since the beginning. I have. So my hot take is. I hope we can keep him. My hot take is at this point. And I'm sure my brother loves hearing me say this because he's been saying this since before we even signed Adams. That I love Jamal Adams, by you the way, really everybody. Do. He's I love him a lot. But I think at this point, with what we have in terms of player personnel, cap space, who else we need to sign, yeah. what the team's looking like, I think we paid way too much for him. And that sucks to say, but. That's yeah. my hot take. I think Ryan Neal um, does just does a great job. Does a great job, and he would be a lot more affordable for the team at this point in time. True. Getting on to special teams. Yeah, let's go to the special. Part Travis of this team. Homer. I oh was gosh. such that guy. Do you remember what I said before the season even started when I was on the We Talk Hawks podcast that I said. I had some I had some not so nice things to say about Travis Homer's running game. Now we don't necessarily see him okay. run the ball as much. He's yeah, a great r- block well, blocker this week. Well, exactly, but he was doing it on a special teams way. Mm. So the cool thing for Travis Homer, he did he called a fake punt and he ran it for a touchdown on the first drive of the Seahawks game. So we went three and yeah. out and then they were going to punt it away. We were, you know, it was like 73 yards yeah, it was that he ran way. to get a touchdown. Yeah. So apparently Homer had a lot of control in this situation to call that play. If he saw the formation he needed by oh. what the Niners were showing. I don't think I realized that he was in on that like that. Yeah. So he apparently had a lot of control to make that call. Mm-hmm. If he saw the formation that they had been practicing and that they had seen the Niners show in previous games on tape. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So it paid off totally. as the difference in the game that came down to a touchdown score. For real. Yep. It's so funny because when we were watching it, I was like, I, <laughs> cause again, hashtag learning sports. I was like, Hey, they can just like hike it to anybody. It doesn't have to be like the punter or the quarterback, or whatever. <laughs> Michaela's like, yeah. I was well, like, they have, yeah. I mean, maybe not the best choice to do all the time, but I was unaware I feel like there are certain formations that are like illegal formations and stuff like that. Like you can't do certain things, but what they did, you could do. So it was okay. But I didn't know that you could. So, yeah. So it was interesting. Travis also had a fumble recovery on a kickoff return by the Niners that Nick Ballore forced. Yes. Now let's get to Nick Ballore because he had one heck of a game. That guy can do almost anything. And he always does special teams. he, He can do everything. It's like, just put him like just multiply he forced him, he him forced that fumble uh he gave excellent blocks he did it on the fake punt for a touchdown run he was the one yeah. that kind of came out and yeah, he was like he took out the one guy that was going to get in homer's way yep. like just thanks uh, plus the blocking for adrian peterson's yeah. first rushing touchdown as a seahawk i love that interview too where he was like i hadn't even introduced myself to him like yet. i don't even know and if he knows who i am like, yeah. like <laughs> blocking for him oh that was great yeah, so that's kind of wraps up the game. It was great to watch. It, it was, was a wild game. All over the place. I was highly entertained fun that game. whole time. It was fun. These are the kinds of games that while you're watching them, you're like, what the heck is happening? And you have a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, when you are the team that won the game, that yeah. was wild and crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to reflect on because it was yeah. so crazy. The Twitter was all nuts, too. It was. So we're going to transition on to... Kate's Corner. Okay, so I thought this was pretty cool. So um Seattle Kraken, loving them. So fun. I'm like, I'm I'm excited about getting into hockey. You know, like who knew? Who knew? Um, but the Seattle Kraken had a special event on Monday night in celebration of Indigenous Peoples Night. And the players were wearing beautifully designed and custom-made blue practice jerseys Mm -hmm. with like a red and blue background design and a gold and black pattern featured inside the team's S logo. And it was inspired by, um, and I'm I'm honestly not sure if I'm saying this uh, name correctly, so I apologize if I'm not, but inspired by Kruk Basketry. And they were designed by local artist and Kruk tribal member Fox Spears. And so... The practice jerseys and the locker nameplates, they were all signed and then auctioned off um, during the game for the One Roof um, uh, Foundation, which is the Kraken and Climate Pledge Arena's like philanthropic side that they work with or that they've put together. And so the One Roof Foundation, um, quote, envisions a more equitable society and a healthy planet where all people can realize a brighter future, um, end quote, and that quote, we are all in this together under one roof, end quote. And I I love that last part. We're all in this together under one roof. You know, I think that is a great way to think about things and to look at things. And a portion of Monday night's net auction proceeds Mm -hmm. um, were going to be donated to Chief Seattle Club's Sovereignty Farms program, which has 100% of its funding going directly to providing meals, mm-hmm. mental health care, drug and alcohol counseling, counseling housing referrals, uh, legal consultation, and more to those that are in need within C- Seattle's native community. And so I feel like that was pretty cool to crack into, you know, first 
have a philanthropic side that helps to support different causes and groups. And then second, to honor the indigenous peoples of this area in such a beautiful way. I loved seeing it. If you haven't seen mm -hmm. um, the, the jerseys or the nameplates and things like that, you can check out um, the Seattle Kraken Twitter. You can also check out the One Roof Foundation Twitter um, and see those, see those pieces there. And I just, what a great idea and what a great way to raise money. And honestly, that the kind of the logo variant. For I would love a work, Jersey. That it was cool. It was beautiful. It was really, really, I loved it. And it was the practice Jersey, you know, so it looked a little bit different than the regular Jersey just in style, but, um, but it was great. So I, uh, I love that. I love that sports and helping people can go hand, hand in hand. hand. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for listening to Kate's Corner. All right, it is time for our mailbag segment, which is full of questions this week that are going to be very detailed. So many fun questions. So many questions. All right. So the first question is from Hugo Yagami25. And Hugo asks a question about when I play Madden, which you love to play. I love to play Madden. Which type of schemes I run in franchise mode on the offense? And I cannot answer this because I don't play Madden and wouldn't know what to say. So Michaela's going to be the only one answering this question. Yes. So I run a lot of pistol formation and single back formations on offense. I honestly, I do a lot of audibles on the line, depending on what I see the defense showing and where I think I, you know, the best play possible. Mm hmm. I like passing just because I enjoy a, a good, solid passing game. Mm -hmm. um, right now in my franchise mode, I yeah. think I'm actually up to date with where we're at. I, I just played the 49ers in week 13 <laughs> in franchise mode. And did you also win? I just, I dominate an all pro. I know you really do. You're amazing. I need to change my settings. I think I need to take it to the top. Because I'm winning my games. I think the other day I won a game like, like 80 or 90 or something. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. To like, I think it was like 14. <laughs> and so I, I do. I run a lot of pistol formation and single back formations. I often roll Russell Wilson out because of the offensive line circumstances situation to get some of my guys open sure. as they're doing crossing routes. So do lots of slants. I, I do a lot of go uh, go routes for DK and he often, especially if he's on a single man to man coverage, sure. He's catching the ball for, you know, because 70, again, 80 yards. He is amazing. He is amazing. And I typically only run the ball up the middle because I'm never effective running on the outside Madden. I don't know what it is. The defense always will tackle me for a loss. Mm-hmm. If I try to run it on the outside yeah. and maybe it's just the offensive line that the Seahawks have in the game and that they're awful at blocking and then Could they be. just get blown up. But I can never, I'm much more effective at running it up the middle with the Seahawks than I am running it to the outside. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Rick Judd 21 says, what sports tradition from another city would you steal for a Seattle team? So I'm going to be honest here. This was a hard question. We tried to look up other traditions and there's a lot of traditions that exist out there. Sure. But I, I barely know our own sports stuff. Like knowing other cities things. 
you know, other cities have catchphrases, who dat, dem boys, all of those yeah, things. A but catchphrase could be fun, though. I don't know what it would be, but I could be into a catchphrase. You know, we catchphrase. used to have the LOB, right? Like the Legion of Boom. True. But that's not like referring to the team as a whole. Yeah. So, and then Buffalo fans, for instance, they like, they seem to like to body slam tables. I don't think that that's something that I would want our fan base to get into. I mean, I wouldn't do it. So not that I'm the fan base, but. Now, something that I think could be a lot of fun that I would, this is me more so taking this from like, let's say the Sounders to the Seahawks is all of the. Oh, yeah. The chants, the songs that they sing. Yeah, they have in the stadium. So many there. Can you imagine if? How would you know all the words? Can you imagine know. having that vibe in? That's a good point. Lumen Field for the Seahawks games. That could be really fun. That when could be really fun. when our defense is on the field, obviously. Yes. Yes. It would be it would be a lot of fun. So yes. if I had to choose, maybe it's just like from one sport to another. Mm-hmm. That's what I mm-hmm. would say. I would I would love to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I don't have enough information necessarily, but I'm gonna go with. I would love a good catchphrase. You know, like I'm I would be into that. I don't know what it would be, or though. like a slogan. Yeah, I mean, like twelves and stuff is like a, a cool thing for us like we we have that and i think that's, that's base, yeah. i think that's unique but it's for not us. referring to but it's the team yeah it's referring to like the fans that support the team yeah which is also kind of nice that fans are getting recognition mm-hmm. i don't know there's gonna be something out there so for those of you listening share with us on whatever you know social yeah. media outlet that you you connect with us on yeah what city would you steal a tradition like a sports tradition from to bring to a seattle team we would love to hear your answers yes. because there are so many yes and this one it did kind of stump us a little bit there it was hard all it right hard. so oh my gosh tim, tim from, from puyallup. puyallup tim from puyallup okay first of all tim i just need you to know like, that my hometown is puyallup and whether you already knew that or not who knows but i was born and raised in puyallup and yeah the fact that you asked this question i'm like come on tim yeah, I felt like I felt like you hated me with this question, Tim. But I it wasn't it wasn't the question. It was the pictures you were posting yes, with. The I question. was like, why is he doing this to me? But you can go back to Twitter, folks, and find this if you want to. But um, but Tim says, why do most of the grossest recipes you can find online involve hot dogs or milk? And so here's what I'll say to you, uh, Tim. I'll say it depends on which decade you're looking up recipes from. Because mm-hmm. trust me when I say. There are some mayonnaise and gelatin horror shows out there from the past as well. Probably also involving hot dogs, if I'm being honest. But I don't know. And also, was that a picture of pickles on pumpkin pie that he put in after the picture of milk with hot dogs? Gosh, that was terrible. Um, I don't know why. the. I mean, maybe people just want like clicks and stuff from things being gross. But I don't know. I can't imagine how... And I eat a lot of weird stuff, if we're being honest. Like, I'll try things that are mm-hmm. strange combinations. When I was in third and fourth grade, um, or was it fourth and fifth grade? One of the two. I lived in Maryland, and my best friend that I, I met there um, would eat white bread with yellow mustard and pepperoni. Not like cooked pepperoni, just like pepperoni right out of the package. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the most amazingly delicious sandwich. And I ate it for like two to three years straight every day for lunch. I would make it for myself and pack my own lunch because my mom made us uh learn some independent skills early yeah. on like that with the motherly support and so i mean so i'll eat some stuff that's strange but like i just don't 
No, I mean, milk, I feel like on its own in recipes, like, sure, that makes a lot of sense. You milk need is milk. in a, like, you need so many things. tons of things. I don't think I've seen milk and hot dogs in like together in anything except for like a mac and cheese and hot dogs mm. situation. Like mm -hmm. I've seen it in that because you need the milk for the mac and cheese and you add the hot dogs and laughter. But that horror show of a picture, I don't know where that came from or why anyone would want to do that. But gross is what I'm going to say. Yeah, we have Come no. If you want, we have gross. no actual answers to your question, but it is it was a fun one to true discuss yeah but also like seriously there is some gelatin mayonnaise awfulness Ugh. moving on from the disgustingness of that whole thought true steve olson yeah asked yep if you're having a holiday dinner party what one current member of the mariner seahawks or kraken are you having over and why mm -hmm. and i think kate and i might agree on this one sure but I said DK Metcalf because he, he says he's he wants an excellent cook. <laughs> I want to see how good his cooking actually is. He also so, says he's a strawberry milk connoisseur. So maybe he could figure out some recipes involving milk. I don't know. But maybe that goes back too far to Tim's question. Let's it does. Let's not go back to that question ever again. Yeah. yeah. No, but honestly, like DK would be great to have over. Um, I think it could be fun if we could pick one person from each team to come over. That would also be pretty fun. I would be into that. I would have like Griffey that come would over be... from the Mariners. Yep. I would have like DK from the Hawks. And I'd probably go like Tanev from Tanev would be from fun. The Kraken. I agree um, with that one. I don't know, like a random mix of the folks, but I think that could be a fun dinner party. Yeah. If, Sue if Bird. We, if we were oh Sue Bird, yeah. Megan Rapino. Because yes, you know, they're already they're, together anyways. They're like almost a package, but well they are. I mean, yes, yeah. but I mean, you know, we could just put oh, that would be great. That sounds like a lot I of fun. I love that. And Looking then, forward to that dinner, everybody, next totally. holiday season. And Seawolves, when I learn more about sports and can name players, I would Rocky agree. can come oh over. Oh, my gosh. Rocky. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mascots are important, too. Yes. It's true. All right, Rocky, you're in. All right. So here's one of the longest responses to a mailbag question I am about to give. And so Landon Vickery asked this question, and it was a great question. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you... We, this is going to be a huge topic as the off season gets more near in terms of cap space, what's going mm -hmm. to happen in 2022. But Landon Vickery asked this question now. And uh, what Landon said was in the off season, we need to draft corners and at least two offensive linemen. We have a little, we have a little bit of money so we can go out after a left tackle or a right tackle in the market. Last pay digs in Metcalf. What do you think? First of all, I agree with the fact that we need to get offensive yeah, linemen. For sure. Our corners, we have a couple corners that will be free agents going into 2022, and either mm -hmm. we need to pay them or we're going to have to replace them. And yeah. mm -hmm. we 100% will need to figure out our left tackle and right tackle situation because both of them are also free agents going into the offseason. Yeah. Digs is a free agent. We need to pay digs. We need to digs keep digs. And Metcalf is now eligible once the the 2021 season is over. Yeah. He it's end of he, his third season. He can get an extension. Mm -hmm. So first mm -hmm. of all, I think that you're on point here based off of what you said, but I'm going to dive in a little deeper, okay? 
So first of all, all the credit for the details in terms of facts that I'm about to give go to at John P. Gilbert NFL, who is the deputy editor for the Field Goals blog. So John wrote an article that explains our 2022 salary cap situation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and which players are set to be free agents in the offseason and who is eligible for um, contract extensions. So the information I'm about to share comes directly from that article. And I'm going to provide opinions based on those facts provided. But I just wanted to make note that where I'm gathering this information. It's good to cite your sources as a teacher. Is from a source. Yes. So getting straight to the point, I'm just, I'm not even going to dive deep in how we got here with this, but getting straight to the point, the Seahawks will have an estimated 32 to $33 million to spend on filling the needs and the gaps of the players who the unrestricted free agents and RFAs this upcoming season. So restricted Mm -hmm. free agents. So the Seahawks will have 16 players scheduled to hit free agency in 2022. 11 of those players are either starters or they get a decent amount of playing time on the field for this team. So that's quite a few people. Yeah. Plus they need to think about potentially extending DK Metcalf this off season. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So here's some things of the 16 players set to hit free agency. I'm saying we need hundred percent to keep Quandre Diggs. Yes. Did you know that DJ Reed is also going to be a free agent? Oh, no. DJ Reed has been a pretty consistent corner for us since last year when we got him Mm -hmm. from the 49ers off Mm -hmm. the waiver wire. Yep. He needs to get paid. Yeah. Sidney Jones, he's not a must in terms of keeping, but he would provide a decent amount of depth if Trey Brown can come back and, and be great after his surgery. Yep. So in terms of depth, if we can get Sidney Jones for a decent price, that would be great to potentially keep him. Okay. Okay. Both Will Disley and Gerald Everett are up for free agency. We just oh, got Everett wow. this offseason yeah, for a true, year. True. But here's where I'm what I'm thinking. Yeah. If we have to save money, sure. See if you can get Disley for a decent price. Okay. Let Everett walk. Now he's been Great up until this last he game. Has, so yes. I, I'm not going to let this game. We're not con- hating on no. Gerald Everett here. But I want to see Colby Parkinson mm-hmm. get a shot and save some money here. Now we drafted Colby Parkinson yeah. in 2020 in the fourth round. Yeah. He is six seven. He's a big body. He's got flowing, he's athletic. flowing locks of hair. Yes. He kind of is like a Luke Wilson-esque vibe to him. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. the long hair. With That's longer, really with the longer only... hair. Yeah. yeah. So wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. If if we had to save money, I would say let Everett walk. Okay. And see if you can keep Disley for a good cost and then let Parkinson step up into that role. At yeah, tight see end. what happens. Rasheem Green, oh my a d- defensive end. There's a lot of players here that I don't even mention that I, are part of these 16 I players. Love that guy. Now, if they can get him for a team-friendly deal, yeah, he's he's been a highlight, though he hasn't gotten many sacks. He's brought quite a bit of pressure this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's up mm-hmm. for free agency. Wow. That's okay. Okay. We need basically a whole new offensive line. Yep. Now, we're solid, I think, with our left and right guard situations with Damian Lewis and oh, yeah. Gabe Jack- Jackson. Okay. But... Brown at left yeah. tackle, 
Shell at right tackle. Posick mm-hmm. are all set to free agency. Posick and I'm, center? Yeah. Okay, and I'm yeah. fine with all of that at this mm-hmm. point. Now, Brown is still one of our best offensive linemen, but he's mm-hmm. he's aging. He's also yeah. he's he hasn't looked as great this season as he has in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And it's time for them to revamp. So they have right tackle, center, and left tackle that they need to and, figure out. And the center, like we've talked about before, turns out to be like a really important player on the offensive side. Like you really need somebody solid for center. Center I never realized yes. until doing this with you. Yep. So all in all, the team will need to restructure some contracts to create some cap space room to For extend sure. Metcalf and sign Diggs to new contract, in yes. my opinion, and then to also replace all the needs that they have, mm-hmm. especially like I they need to invest as much money as they potentially can in an offensive line. I, I would agree. I, I want to see a good offensive yeah. line that can stay healthy, that can what, be on the field. What can Wilson do with a good O-line? That's what I want to see. Yeah. So... There's a lot of gaps to fill. We do have a second, third, fourth, fifth, and seventh round draft pick for 2022 at this okay, point. Okay. John Schneider, our, our general manager, is known to trade back and get more draft picks mm-hmm. in the draft. So this year, though, in 2021, we only had three, and he did actually he actually didn't trade for more yeah, there picks. There wasn't a lot of difference this year, I didn't think. Now, I can see him trying to gain as many draft picks as he can to fill those gaps where he can Mm -hmm. and to bring a lot of youth like he did in 2020 to this team. And Pete likes a younger team anyway, it seems like, doesn't he? He likes a younger team, but then it's interesting. Yeah, because then he likes veterans in the positions and to try to develop the younger players, but then it's kind of like a question mark because you feel like three years into their rookie contract, like they still haven't come out and played. And in some of their cases, now there's a handful of rookies who have got playing time that we've drafted, but I feel like there's more who haven't gotten that time. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, a lot of the rookies will play typically on special teams, though, if they've made the roster kind of thing. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So that's my answer. I hope that felt like more detailed and in depth about where we're at heading into the offseason. I'm going to transition on to Eric's question, and this is a funny one. Yeah. Okay. So can you picture Mount Rushmore? Yes, okay. I've never been, but I've seen lots of pictures. So Eric says Mount Rushmore for Seahawks all-time players. Now, Eric, okay. here's the hard These thing are about be this: very different they're, Mount Rushmores. I can. They're tell you more right recent now. players, just because that's who stands out in our minds more than maybe the historical like Seahawks players. That like it's almost like you'd have to have generational. Yeah, there might be have to be like Mount Rushmores. Mount Rushmores. But here's who we picked, though, for this week. Yes, now, who did you pick? Eric, Eric said, I think Steve Largent and Russell Wilson are locks. My next two would be Bobby Wagner and Walter Jones. That's oh, yeah, an okay. excellent Mount Rushmore. I know who all those people are. Yeah. So he asked who <laughs> my four were and who Kate's were. So mine were Russell Wilson, sure. Marshawn Lynch, yeah. Bobby Wagner, and Cam Chancellor. I think that would make a very handsome Mount Rushmore. For sure. For sure. Giant. Um, statue rock thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, mine is obviously like people can come at me all they want or whatever, I guess. But again, learning sports, very new. And so the people for me were, would be like players that really caught my attention and got me into the Seahawks. And I mean, 
as great, and I'm no arguments against Russell Wilson for this, but I think just with it being me, like I'm just gonna pick people that I these think these are Kate's like favorite players. These are it's gonna be who I like really like, right? And so first off, you gotta go Marshawn Lynch because mm-hmm. uh that man I think has he I mean he's Marshawn Lynch, let's just be honest. I'd be his best friend in a second. Um I'd go Richard Sherman just mm-hmm. because also amazing as a player on the team. All of these people are amazing. Um, DK because, I mean, we know I love DK. Can you imagine his chiseled As long as his face? abs aren't on there, then it's fine. Um, it's just DK's his, abs on the rocks. And his, everybody's like, that's DK Metcalf. His, his abs would be too intimidating for like anyone to go close to that thing enough to see it. They'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm blinded. Um Anyway, I digress. And then also because I see the potential and I have the hope and I have the investment in in it, I, I'd put my fourth one as Ryan Neal. I'm not gonna lie, I would put him. I would put him right up there because I think he is just he's got so much going for him. And I just think those four guys again, it would be a very handsome Mount Rushmore, but you know, hopefully not. Um, that know. was a fun question. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like Thank it. you for asking the these wonderful mailbag questions this week. Yeah, those were fun. I liked those this week. Sorry that I'm not always as great at answering some of those things, but you know, really, I know some of those questions are being directed to Michaela, who has all the knowledge. But I always try to chip in if I've got something. So we like it when you chip in. Thanks. All <laughs> right, this leads us to our closing podcast remarks. Yeah, this is the end of this week's Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest Showdown podcast, episode twelve. Yep. And I want to thank you all for listening this week and hope mm-hmm. you tune into next week's. Kate, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, we are on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, and Facebook. Um, on the apps, we're all at PNW Showdown. Um, I think you can look it up on Facebook that way as well. Um, super great to have all of you participating and commenting or whatever um, on Twitter. You know, you can also find Michaela at Michaela Mattis which is M-I-K-A-E-L-A, the best way to spell Michaela. And then Matt That's so sweet. M-A-T-T-E-S. And you can find me at Kate Skies, which is K-A-T-E-S-K-E-E-S. Um, it'd be fun if we both had easier things to spell, but you can find us at PNW Showdown and then get to our other links, our other ads from there, I guess. So, yep. Yeah. All right. So please, everybody, remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time.
it's time for well i mean honestly i think this is one of my favorite parts of the show because like nobody knows about it because who knows that it's even happening the super fans yeah they know about it um okay so michaela this week i want to ask you what's your favorite sports movie it's a league of their own, hands down. Well, that was obvious, but maybe not to our listeners who can't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty exciting with a league of their own. I love that. It has great quotes in that movie, too. There's so many, <laughs> so many great quotes. I think we had to put an episode as explicit because of one of the great quotes that you had on your baseball that you got. Yeah. Um, from Jimmy Dugan, is, in case anybody who's your, that. What's your favorite sports you know what? There's a lot of great sports movies that I've seen. And funny enough, listeners, there's a lot of movies that Michaela hasn't seen. And I'm going to say one of my favorite sports movies, because I'm sure there's other ones that I like as well. But the first one I thought of when I when I thought about this question, the first one that came to mind was Rudy. And Michaela's <laughs> smirking because she knew I was going to say it. She's never seen Rudy. Can you believe Now this? at this point, though, whose fault is it that I haven't seen Rudy? Um. You loved football long before I came into. Well, your now life. that you have said this multiple times about me not seeing Rudy, I feel like it is now your responsibility to make sure I do see Rudy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There was only one currently now documented time of me ever saying this. You can't prove any other times I've ever said this before because none of that was recorded. So you're my wife, though, and you um, like to be honest. I do. I've probably said it like once or twice. I guess other than this, <laughs> I talk about it too much. But yeah. It's been interesting to me like to talk about some of these sports movies with you and have you be like, I've never seen that. You know, another that. one that I really enjoy is Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Denzel Washington. It's just, it's, it has a, so, it's I mean, a, I'm it's sorry. A great movie. One, it's Denzel Washington. So you know it's going to be a great movie. He is a great actor. And two, that movie, yes, I agree with you. I remember watching that a lot in college. I think I got it like on DVD at like Blockbuster or something and just watched it over and over. So a good one I th i'd say football movies for me over like other sport movies although oh what is it i feel like if chris is listening he'll know the cutting edge also a good sports movie is that Toe ice pick. skating yeah but it's like a hockey player who like takes up ice skating i can't remember why but i'm sure I'm i might sure... have seen that movie but i'm unsure I'm hey sure chris, chris if you're listening i'm sure chris phillips will know all about it have you seen the cutting edge i'm pretty sure that's what it's called the cutting edge yeah all right Anyway, well, thank you for listening to our Marvel moment if you've gotten this far. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Or not see you, but or you'll hear you our will. voices. That too. That's more accurate. Goodbye.